from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. That email uh, is a window into what's happening in the discussions amongst teachers and administrators. And then our state senator questioned why is evolution being taught in schools? That's not fair. There are other ideas out there. And yet, um, you know, in the context of socialists and socialism, uh, they're sending their kids to a public school. We got these postcards about conservative values. You know, what, what is this conservative value? I never got an answer. Some of the, the, the things that are being spouted at that forum that are both inaccurate and, um, you know, hateful to people of color really should, should bother our elected officials and it should bother us as, as humans. I'm Sarah Fenske. St. Louis Post-Dispatch columnist Tony Messenger doesn't just write at times about the Rockwood School District. He also lives within the West St. Louis County School District's borders. His wife works for it. His two youngest kids are longtime pupils. And that gives him unique insight into what's going on within the district these days. And it's fair to say, it's a lot. As Tony detailed in a column last week, Rockwood schools are confronting some of the big questions of our time. Questions that include whose history gets told and whose permission school districts need to tell it. Questions that have led to angry Facebook threats and heated in-person meetings. And joining us today to tell us more is St. Louis Post-Dispatch columnist Tony Messenger. Tony, welcome. Thanks, Sarah. Good to be here. So we're so glad you could be here. I'm so excited to pick your brain on this and just excited to have you you here in the chair. Um, but I want to start by talking about the Rockwood School District. You wrote in your, your column last week that it's under attack. What do you mean by that? Well, there's this private Facebook group called Concerned Parents uh, of Rockwood, and, and it started out uh, at least uh, initially as being a group that wanted uh, everybody to go back to school during the, the coronavirus pandemic. And I first wrote about it during the pandemic last year mm-hmm. when it started kicking people out of the group for simply trying to share information about the virus and about the pandemic and and anything that was mentioned on the Facebook group that was supportive of any sort of uh, uh, district action or county action to protect us from uh, from the virus was sort of seen as as outside the bounds of, of normalcy and it was really uh, uh, upsetting. There were a couple of neighbors of mine that had alerted me to it, and that group has become more and more vocal. Uh, and 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 more and more angry and in a very public way and uh, it's really affecting the district. It's affecting teachers. It's affecting administrators. It's affecting parents. Uh, and and it's now really blown up into this uh, attack on on curriculum. Anything based at all on the concept of racial equity is is under attack by this group and they're being supported by by some republican politicians in jefferson city yeah i mean this Uh, is now moved to the missouri legislature this isn't just an inner rockwood squabble get us up to speed with what they're possibly doing here well there is a there is a bill in the legislature it hasn't quite moved forward uh yet but it's it's out there and they spent uh plenty of time debating it that would literally ban 
any discussion of uh, the 1619 project, the Pulitzer Prize-winning project from Nicole Hannah-Jones of, of the New York Times. Uh, it would ban uh, most discussion of any sort of uh, racial equity issues. I mean, it is a it is a pure piece of censorship legislation. Uh, and the idea is there is this sort of national movement in the Republican Party to make this concept of critical race uh, theory uh, uh, against the law to be taught in public schools. Well, this bill basically defines what critical race theory is and then throws a bunch of things uh, into it. There are... This, there are some really worried folks about the nature of this legislation because it not only makes people of color within the district, both uh, administrators, teachers, and students, feel like they're personally under attack. This is literal censorship. This is the state legislature telling school districts uh, and teachers what they can present to students to learn. And I know as a parent, I want my children to read the 1619 Project. I want them to learn about the history of, of slavery in this country, written from the black perspective, not just written from the, 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 the whitewashed sort of version that I think sometimes gets, gets taught very briefly in schools. And so, you know, I don't like writing about uh, the school district where my wife works and my children go to school. It, it puts me in an uncomfortable position. I've done it before in my career. And, uh, sometimes had consequences, you know, related to my children, but this is important. And um, this sort of censorship that, that rears its ugly head every few years, every couple of decades in my lifetime, uh, where a group of parents want to ban books or do other things to, to try to have an effect on the public schools, it, it's, it's really disappointing. And it has an effect on the entire community. Tony, I want to ask you about this group that is is sort of pushing for these changes. They've now enlisted some legislators in their cause. Um, you mentioned in, in your column that they tried to get sympathetic candidates elected um, on the school board. What happened to that effort? They lost. The, the incumbents on the school board uh, who opposed the concerned parents uh, uh, won, won re-election. And, you know, one of the points that I made related to that in, in the column is it's not unreasonable for a parent or a group of parents to want to question something in the curriculum. Mm -hmm. but, but every school district in the state, uh, most school districts in the country, I can't say everyone, I don't know, but, but I know the Rockwood schools do, they've got a, a, a really well-organized process by which if a parent wants to question something related to curriculum, they can. And ultimately, they, that process goes before the school board. Well, this group tried to, to, to bypass that process by changing the school board. And they lost. And so when they lost, they didn't just sort of uh, take their ball and go home. They went to state lawmakers and said, hey, let's make some more angry noise about the Rockwood schools and maybe pass a bill at the state legislature that would tell the state's largest school district what they can and can't teach. Um, it's, it bypasses the, the, the de democratic process that already exists in, in both the district and in the state. But it also says something else. You know, this group calls itself concerned parents, and yet they're not so concerned that they want to hear from any of their neighbors. This is a closed Facebook group that, that doesn't let outsiders in. Mm -hmm. um, that says to me a lot about their motivations. 
I wanted to ask you, some of the legislators who are involved in, in carrying the water for this group, they hosted a public forum over this issue last week. Did you end up personally going to that? I did not go to that forum. Uh, I've, I've seen some of the reporting, including from some of your colleagues, mm-hmm. uh, about that forum. And I've talked to some folks who were there. And um, again, you, you, it, it, you just look at the nature of some of the, the, the things that are being spouted at that forum that are both inaccurate and, um, you know, hateful to people of color who, who really feel uncomfortable now in the district. That's, that's a real feeling for teachers and students and administrators when they feel like they're under attack and when, when lawmakers are helping them. That really should, should bother our elected officials, and it should bother us as, as humans that some of our neighbors are, are just feeling uncomfortable being in a public gathering with their, with their fellow parents, you know, students, teachers, and administrators in a, in a school district in which everybody has the same goal. We want our kids to have a great education. That's it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm glad you, you brought up uh, my colleague at St. Louis Public Radio, Ryan Delaney. He has a, a really good um, in-depth piece about this that's on our website right now if people are interested in, in reading that. It's stlpr.org. And in his piece, Ryan quoted Terry Harris. Uh, Terry is Rockwood's Director of Student Services, and he's a black man who himself attended the district through its desegregation program. He told Ryan this about the district's goal. What Rockwood School District is teaching is how to make sure that all kids belong, how to diversify our curriculum, how to expand books and different thoughts and and create critical thinkers. Yeah, we, we do have that. And Terry Harris told my colleague Ryan Delaney this about the angry letters and emails and threats he's gotten from parents. Some of these emails, some of the phone calls, some of the messages, uh, it gets to you. It gets to you. It gets to it gets to your your family. And again, that's Terry Harris, Rockwood's director of student services. Tony, I have the sense that that black employees of the Rockwood district who have nothing to do with the curriculum are finding themselves being targeted by angry parents um, who seem to be singling them out. Is that your sense of things? That is my sense, and I think it's a very real fear, and it's a, a very real frustration. Um, I, I got an email the other day from um, a, a parent of a black Rockwood student responding to my column, um, and she tells me that they're just very uncomfortable right now, mm. that, that when they read attacks from, from lawmakers and see some of these posts that get shared on on social media and 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 definitely some of the posts from some of the folks in this group are are absolutely racist um it it makes them feel uncomfortable and and to have uh state lawmakers and other parents trying to stop their child from reading a a a history of this country written from a black perspective a a document that won the pulitzer prize um that's just really, you know, it puts them in a very uncomfortable position. And so uh, Terry Harris is, isn't just speaking about his own uh, experience. He's speaking about the experience of a lot of teachers and administrators and parents and students in the district. They're very uncomfortable right now, and it doesn't speak well for our community. 
Tony, I want to ask you about another piece of reporting. This one comes from your colleague on the news side at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. This is Blythe Bernhard, who's the education reporter, does a great job. She wrote a piece for the news section of the paper that suggested that teachers are, are hiding lesson plans from parents. It comes back to an email that came out from her curriculum director who told teachers that Rockwood parents are, quote, looking for specific things to complain about. This doesn't mean throw out the lesson and find a new one. Just pull the resource off the online classroom management system so parents cannot see it. And it said in this email that this isn't being deceitful. Prior to the pandemic, you didn't send everything home or, or have it available. As a parent myself, I got to say, I don't love that attitude. What, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I don't either. And, and, and the district responded very quickly after that email uh, went out with another email from the administration saying, hey, we don't condone this. This mm-hmm. this email shouldn't have been sent out. Uh, it was a mistake. And 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 it's unfortunate. But but that that email uh, is a window into what's happening in the discussions amongst teachers and administrators. That the, the, the concept behind that email was this was a, an administrator who was worried about her colleagues, who knew that they were being attacked uh, and, and knew that a lot of the attacks were based on misinformation, knew that there's nothing in the, in the Rockwood curriculum that, that mandates teaching of critical race theory, and was trying to help colleagues avoid attacks. So I understand what was motivating that administrator. I think that email was a mistake. The, the, the school district came out very quickly and said it was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I understand the motivation there. She was trying to uh, protect her colleagues uh, who really do feel under attack. We got a tweet from Cynthia. She writes, are the concerned parents of Rockwood, that's the Facebook group we've been talking about, a loud, small minority? The forum talked about so much looked like an unmasked, hateful event where they might have been uh, a majority since careful, considerate families wouldn't want to risk COVID-19 or targeted for defending uh, black, indigenous people of color. Tony, I think it's a real question. Is this group do they represent the majority of Rockwood School District, or is this a fringe group that's trying to take control, couldn't win at the ballot box, and is now using other measures? Well, I don't think it's a majority. They lost uh, at the ballot box, mm-hmm. but, but, but it was a close election. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised that, um, that they come back again in a, in a future election and try to elect a slate. Um, you know, I don't know how many people they represent. But the problem is once a group like that gains a foothold and then gains support from lawmakers and the overwhelming uh, majority of lawmakers in the Rockwood District are uh, white Republicans, uh, and at least some of them now are, are, are backing this effort, uh, it's definitely worrisome in terms of, of gaining steam. The district is in the process of hiring to hire a new superintendent because the the, the last superintendent stepped down. Uh, we just had a very difficult uh, um, school board election. Um, I don't think that the legislative efforts are going to be successful, mm-hmm. but they've caused actual damage. There are young teachers I know who are considering getting out of the profession. Some of it's related to the difficulties of the last year over uh, the COVID pandemic, but some of it's related to this, dealing with uh, these sorts of uh, 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 attacks from parents. They definitely feel uh, under attack, some of these teachers and administrators and, and, and parents. And it just makes for a difficult situation, I think, in the community, because there are, there are plenty of folks who um, 
uh, don't support the, the the concerned parents and their some of their conspiracy theories and that sort of thing. Um, but sometimes they're afraid to speak up as well. We need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to continue our conversation with Tony. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. And now back to our conversation. Our guest today is Tony Messenger. He is the Metro columnist at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, a Pulitzer Prize winner for his excellent investigation into debtors' prisons, which led to huge policy changes in Missouri. And he is also a Rockwood Schools parent. So, Tony, unsurprisingly, uh, our phone lines are blowing up. You feel like talking to a few callers? Absolutely. All right, great. Let's go to Dennis. He's calling from St. Louis. Uh, Dennis, hi. You're on St. Louis on the Air. I've had three kids go through the Rockwood District, and I'm frankly appalled by the uh, uh, the, the, the claim, the, the censorship that's being promoted by this group. Um, I wanted to point out that in the recent election, it was very unclear for a, a person who uh, wasn't uh, up on this group to to know what that their candidate was standing for. I mean, we got these these. Uh, postcards about conservative values and uh, hmm. and I went to the website where they 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 gave you a chance to ask a question and I said well what do you mean by conservative values uh, because they were talking about uh, uh, facts and things like that are we going going to learn about how to think or are we uh, you know what? What is this conservative value? I never got an answer, hmm. uh, and uh, that person uh, lost by just not that much. Hmm. Um, it was pretty scary, I think. Dennis, do you share Tony's idea that you know this group is not currently in the majority, but this could go either way in the next couple of years? I think that the fact that it it's impacting administrators who have have been you know, getting protection. Apparently they've been getting uh, some kind of threats. Uh, the way it impacts teachers, of course it's going to impact the district, and not in a good way. Dennis, thank you for that call. Um, Tony, it was interesting to hear Dennis's perspective as he was trying to get some, some information from this group at the time they had their slate running. Well, I think they were trying very hard to sort of hide their their connection to uh, concerned parents. I know a couple of the candidates went through and sort of uh, cleaned up their their social media so that they uh, so that it would be hard for the, the 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 public criticism of some of the stuff that that at least bordered on racism uh, that that is shared within that private Facebook group mm. uh, didn't get aired um, you know they, they they sort of ran a stealth campaign to just sort of consider themselves conservatives whatever that means in today's uh, uh, changed political environment. Hmm. Well, thank you to Dennis for that call. Let's go back to the phone lines. John is calling from Baldwin. Uh, John, hi, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Good afternoon. Uh, I wanted to say thank you to Tony for the work he's done, uh, shedding light on a number of these important issues in our communities. And uh, I 
got more of a comment than a question. I, I just find it interesting that I heard on uh, NPR this morning that this group had some people in it uh, who were claiming that uh, the teachers and administrators were pushing Marxist theories mm. on their on their children. And yet, um, you know, in the context of socialist and socialism, uh, they're sending their kids to a public school. So for whatever that's worth, I, I find that to really be interesting and, and, and a bit of uh, hypocrisy mixed in there. John, thank you for that. Tony, do you think there's there's maybe a little hypocrisy on that in light of the fact that, yeah, these are public schools? Well, uh, assuming assuming some of the parents in that group actually are, you know, all parents of, of, of kids in the schools. Mm. I mean, I, I don't know, again, because it's a private group, they 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 uh, made themselves private when, when other people, other parents wanted to share uh, sort of different views. So, mm-hmm. so but, but the, the whole concept of hypocrisy as it relates to what's going on right now uh, really ought to be front and center. It, it wasn't all that long ago in, 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 you know, within the last few months uh, in which a lot of Republicans, in, including our uh, U.S. Senator Josh Hawley, uh, accused Twitter and Facebook and various social media companies of censorship uh, because they they banned certain material because they blocked uh, Donald Trump from from spreading uh, election misinformation, etc. It wasn't censorship. It was a complete misuse of the word. Censorship is related to to the government banning of of certain you know sorts of of discussion and literature, etc. And and now those same folks are supporting an actual bill in the legislature <laughs> that truly is the dictionary definition of censorship, and they're doing so unapologetically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so that, you know, when you talk about hypocrisy, that to me is, is where it really stands out. If, you know, most folks that I know who are actually conservative in terms of sort of a limited government uh, political philosophy do not want their government, particularly their state government, telling their local school district what it can and cannot teach. That is not a conservative value. That is purely government censorship. It is big government telling local government what to do. Um, that's that's where the real hypocrisy is here. And, and, and I hope that that most of the good citizens of this school district where I live will will continue to recognize that and say, hey, you want to protest certain, you know, pieces of actual curriculum, the the, the real curriculum within the Rockwood schools, then 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 go to the school website, go to the various superintendents and and, you know, find the actual material and go through the process by which you can, uh, you know, you can protest the use of something and, and, and have an open uh, discussion and debate on it that ultimately goes to the school board. That should be the process, not the state government telling the local school district what it can and cannot do. Let's go back to the phone lines. Julia is calling from Ellisville. Uh, Julia, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you, Tony, for bringing light to this uh, really important topic. Um, I was actually at the meeting on Friday. Um, I attended with a really large group of parents that are trying to push back against the Concerned Parents group. Um, I actually joined Concerned Parents when they first started the group because I thought it was just a general parents group for my school district. And I made like one comment in a thread saying that maybe we were acting a little privileged in our reaction to how we <laughs> in the community. I got kicked out and then later saw screenshots 
where myself and another friend, we were just being like dragged for making one comment. Wow. I mean, Tony, that that speaks to the echo chamber that that you described. Well, that was, you know, the first column when I first became aware of this group, um, some neighbors of mine who were both in, in education are the ones who brought it to my attention and had the courage to let me write about their experience. And it was exactly like that. One of one of the parents was sharing just some basic scientific information about COVID to share with the parents. And these parents agreed with the initial idea. Yes, they want their kids in in-person school as much as possible. The other parent decided to just go ahead and be a little bit crazy and throw some conspiracy theories out there uh, just to sort of play along with the tenor of the group. And it was the parent who actually shared polite, thoughtful uh, scientific information with the group that got kicked out wow. before the person who was uh, purposely sharing uh, conspiracy theories just to sort of test, uh, you know, what this group was really about. I just thought that was so telling. Um, yeah, that, that's... Know, what the nature of this group was, and 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 so to have a group like that that's closed off and that is pushing conspiracy theories, actually having influence in the school district is just really a frustrating thing as a parent. Julia, I'm I'm curious about your experience. You got kicked out of this group. Um, You still went to this forum. You said you were there with a a large group that was in opposition to this. Did you find anything that was being presented at this forum persuasive? No. And in fact, they they gave this group called FAIR um, a really large forum to give a presentation that was honestly one of like the craziest and scariest things I've ever seen. Like, have, what was fair saying? Just if you had to, to distill it to a nutshell. Saying, like they call liberals the neo-racists. Like we're the racists. We're obsessed with skin color. Um, they, they literally equated the KKK and um, the KKK and liberalism. And then our state senator questioned, why is evolution being taught in schools? That's not fair. There are other ideas out there. Like it was really scary. Well, Julia, thank you for for sharing that perspective. It's nice to get a firsthand account since neither Tony nor I was there. Um, Tony, this whole situation, um, it's just, I'm kind of shaking my head. Do you see hope for the Rockwood schools at this point? I mean, it's so clear that this is a a community that, that is close to being torn asunder. Do you think that things can find a happy ending for this school district where people can get on the same page and and do what needs to be done? Well, I always try to be optimistic. And, um, you know, this is a very good school district. My children have had a tremendous uh, experience in, in, in the Rockwood schools, in elementary, middle, and now high school. And it's a district filled with wonderful, caring teachers and administrators and and lots of parents who share the same goals of just, you know, they want their kids to have a good education and, and uh, grounding for whatever it is they go on with later in life. And, and I'd like to think that that common ground will bring us back together at some point once we as a nation sort of get through this current period of, of, of turmoil in which, uh, you know, somebody who thinks differently than you is viewed as an opponent rather than a neighbor who has a different lived experience. So I, I want to be optimistic. I want to think that that ultimately uh, the, the values that uh, Terry Harris was espousing uh, that you played and, the, and that sort of thing are going to win out. But I think it's going to take a while uh, just because of the, the national political environment that we are in. 
and it's going to take some some strong leadership uh, from from folks, primarily in the Republican Party right now, uh, to stand up, follow the example of of, of Liz Cheney uh, of Wyoming, for instance, and say no. Uh, Joe Biden did win the election. Uh, Democrats are not evil. You know, this we're we're getting past the big lie and moving on to uh, to some other things. And um, I, you know, again, I want to be hopeful. I think the legislation will die. I think that, you know, hopefully over the summer, uh, some things will calm down. I think having in the fall, hopefully, uh, you know, the schools being a little bit more back to normal might just help some of this uh, uh, angst Mm -hmm. go away. Uh, But but I do think it's going to be around for a while. It's going to take a period of time uh, to get over the hurt of, of, of what's really happening uh, in the local schools and in the community right now. Well, Tony Messenger of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, I want to thank you so much for joining us today um, and, and for your reporting. I want to encourage people who are listening to Tony to check out this reporting. It's at stltoday.com. So, Tony, thank you so much. Thanks for having me today, Sarah. We'd also want to encourage, if you found yourself curious to know more about this situation that we're discussing today, Ryan Delaney of St. Louis Public Radio, he also has a really good in-depth piece about this. It's on our website. That's stlpr.org. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.